Okay, Julian, I'm thinking of a magic number right now. Guess what that number is? Number four? It's amazing that you say that. It is number four. And you know why number four is in my mind? Because today is episode number four of our podcast. It is indeed episode number four. And this month we're going to be all about injury and recovery in the gym. And before we go on, Julian, I've just got a little email here which came in uh, following last episode. I just want to read this to you. I mean, obviously we'll be doing uh, listener emails later, but uh, I've got a question here that came in from a listener, which is, how has Paul Julian recovered after his injury on the tennis court? Is he still walking with a cane? So Julian, uh, are you still walking with a cane? Or after your traumatic injury, are you now back fighting fit in the gym? Well, thank you for asking about my condition. <laughs> I um, No, I'm totally fine. Uh, basically, I take two weeks off training, but I insist training my legs. I was training my upper part and I did some very gentle bike, so it was easy. I put some ice every two days on my knee and basically two weeks later, I yeah start training my legs in dropping the weight, which is important and uh, to say. And so, yeah, uh, I'm back on track and uh, happy to be back on track. So Julian's fighting fit, which is great. It would have been uh, rather uh, a helpful coincidence if it had the injury for this episode. But, you know, that's life, I suppose. So do you think you're going to be uh, fit enough, Julian, to do this whole episode without the support of the cane from last time? Play the music, funny guy. Welcome to Two Guys on Fitness with me, Julien Bertorat, personal trainer. And with me... Actually uninjured and feeling pretty fit, Alan Teresa, coming to you all the way from London. The beating earth of the modern fitness scene. And this month we are going to be talking about injury and recovery and using holy moly, Julian, we're going to be using lasers if you're injured in the course of your workout. As well as covering other gym and fitness topics of interest to professional and non-professional gym guys. And answering your queries about the fitness and exercise topics that matter to you. To you guys, who are the reason we do this show. And is that the truth, Julian, or what? Hubba hubba. <laughs> hubba hubba. <laughs> I'm sorry, what is hubba hubba? No, I mean to say hubba booba. Well, I'm sorry, what's hubba, what's hubba booba? It is what military personnel used to say to express approval. And what have I told you about the dangers of looking at Wikipedia too much? Precisely nothing. So what are we looking at this month on Two Guides on Fitness? Well, later on in the essential exercise spot, we're going to be doing some ab exercises. I think I'm going to be doing that while you kind of like um, encourage me on. And on my side, I have an interview with Fit to Function uh, about injury. Oh, yeah. These are the laser guys, I think. Absolutely. Laser guy, as you say. Wow, that's pretty uh, Star Wars. Looking forward to that. Uh, later on in the show, we'll be uh, checking out a supplement of the month where we'll be able to take a look at what does work in terms of supplements perhaps what doesn't i think we'll be leaning towards the latter on that one and at the end of the show we'll be answering questions from you guys about your workout routine and your diet and hopefully giving you some great advice so that you can have a good workout when you are in the gym so every couple of months on two guys on fitness we take you through the essential exercises which help guys have an effective workout in the gym and which can be used to build a whole body workout program is that not the case julian Yes, full body workout is the best way to train. It's all around. You target every muscle at once. And it's, uh, it's guaranteed to have fun, really. 
Now, the last time we did this, it was all about the uh, chest press, uh, when we got on the old chest press machine. This month, it's all about working the abs, which I am particularly keen on, as my abs are always fighting me a little bit. Um, and I think it's uh, the V-crunch. Is it not, Julian? It's the V-crunch exercise we're doing this month. Yes, correct. It's the V-crunch. So the V-crunch is uh, an exercise where basically the legs are involved and the chest have to come up. And basically you draw, like at the end of the motion, you draw like a, a V basically. So that's why the exercise is called V-crunch. It's kind of nice. There's a bit of coordination. And it's, uh, yeah, again, it's quite fun. And uh, a word about abs. Um, just because, just to say, like, the idea is not to do too much abs. Abs is like any other muscle of the body. They need rest. So you need to work, at, uh, work your abs carefully, but not too much. And just target other part of your body also. Like when you do abs, lower back, for example. So let's see how I got on under your direction at the Jubilee Hall gym in Covent Garden. And just so you're aware, guys, you can also watch this exercise online on the website as well where in a curious turn of the tables, it's Julian who does the exercise and I get to uh, frown at him while he's doing it. End of the session with Alan. Always a good moment to go and lay down on the stretching area to perform some abs. Okay, Alan, let's go and lay down on your back. Stretch your legs, stretch your arms behind your head. Okay, lift your legs up. And now stretch your arms in order to reach your knee. That's it. And legs down, legs first, and then you go. Yeah, that's it. Okay, two, legs first. That's it, you catch the right pace now. It's four reps, you go to 25, six, seven. Keep your chin up. Yeah, very good, eight, nine, 10, 10 to go, 1, 2, don't forget to breathe, 3, keep the same pace, 4, don't speed up, 5, 6, look good, 7, engage your core, 8, 2 more, 9, 1 more, and 10, okay, so basically 1 set of 20 can be enough, uh, usually, as a tips, I will say to client, basically, if you feel the burn, just perform 10 more reps. Okay. How you feel, Alan? Good. There you go. <laughs> okay, so that was uh, me, actually, funnily enough, um, having my uh, abs worked out in the V-crunch on the mats at Jubilee Hall Gym in Covent Garden. So uh, let me ask you a few questions here, Julian, about what we were doing there. First of all, um, how often do you think guys, when they go to the gym, should exercise their abs? Well, I think it's, uh, it would be a bad idea to work out your abs every day. As we work as a part of your body, sometimes they need rest and, uh, and it goes the same for the, for the abs. Um, now, concerning the abs, uh, I mean, to go further, I will say I like to do some abs in between my exercise, like a, a kind of active break, you know, to do something. I think it's more, um, it's, it's just fun and to not put them at the beginning or at the end, like in a way, like it has to be done, you know. I think it should be incorporated in between the exercise you do for the rest of the body. It makes more sense. And there's another way to do it as well. It's after your cardio. 
I think your your whole body has been working out, like especially if you run, and then doing it after that, it's a very good idea. And what are your favorite exercises when you do work your abs? Well, it's um, I will I will answer straight to the question. I like the V crunch again because there is a, a gestural engaging legs and arms, and you basically crunch and engage your abs in the, in the middle. So I, I like it. Um, now, to answer more properly to the question and to be more complete, let's just figure out um, on the abs area, we got like three parts, the big one in the middle, you got the obliques and the lower part of your abs. So basically, there is not, uh, I will say for the lower part, it's all about this kind of exercise when you hang up and you lift your legs up to target your lower abs. That's one exercise. You can do it on the floor as well to grab a bar behind you and legs up and down again with a little kick up in the air. Uh, that's for the for this lower part. For the obliques, you can use a Swiss ball and basically do a kind of side crunches. You can use a lower back uh, bench as well extension to do that. And then you can end up with a V crunch. So I would say this free exercise, you know, and uh, and maybe a fourth one, like a plank or elbow bridge to basically squeeze all these abs together. So that's my uh, advice. And what about when you see the guys getting on the machine and gripping the handles and pulling their knees up to their chest? Uh, is that any good or, frankly, should uh, guys be working out their abs on the floor? Uh, no, it's a good one. It's a good one. It's a hard one. So if you are a bit like overweight, it's not the best exercise for you because you are, first of all, you have to carry and support your own body weight and then you have to lift your legs. So it's a bit a lot to, to worry about. Uh, and on the floor, um, the guarantee is to have your back more or less safe, you know. But yeah, again, this exercise you just mentioned is a good one too. It's a hard one. And what about the cliched six pack? Is it something that um, average guys can actually achieve? Or do you have to work like super hard to end up looking something similar to a fitness model? Well, that, can, uh, that question, I have to say, um, I never heard this kind of question before I start um, when I was playing rugby. Nobody asked me about the six pack, you know, it was about stamina, power, strength. But in fitness, yeah, you got this um, uh, mantra or, I don't know, like uh, trendy things, which is a six pack. And uh, yeah, I think it's obviously it's achievable. It's, uh, it's a mix of a very strict diet, you know, obviously behind your abs, you got your stomach. So watch out what you're going to put in your stomach. And some uh, cl um, not too much abs actually exercise. But it's a mix between of excellent diet, strict diet, and regular abs exercise. And you mentioned diet there. What's more important, the exercises or what you eat to get a, a good tight waist? Well, I say, it's sad me to say that, but I think, yeah, let's say it is a, it's just the diet is quite important when it comes to aesthetism. So it's, yeah, if you, if you eat properly uh, with the right portion at the right moment of the day, basically after your workout, um, yeah, you should be quite fun. Plus some, again, wise exercise, you know, like obliques exercise to target around the side of your, of your abs. It should be fine, yeah. So how many um, exercises to cover all the muscles in your abs should you do? I mean, is it like three or four separate exercises or can you get away with doing like one or two if you're doing a, uh, a full body workout? I would say four. Um, the first three, so the obliques, the big front abs you have in your stomach, the lower part, and then the fourth one will be something where a static exercise where you, inc uh, you squeeze all of them at once. And uh, yeah, I would say four exercises. And you don't have to do it 
all over again. But it's, uh, yeah, don't forget, if you work out your abs, have a good picture of what is your abs about. It's about free muscle. And don't forget your lower back, which is part of the core. Okay, the, the abs, let's say, commonly um, called yeah, the front part, let's say, of your, of your stomach. You've got the oblique on the side and you've got the lower back. And don't let the, lo- the lower back uh, not work. Otherwise, you're going to have an, a not a good balance between the abs in the front and your lower back. Wow. Who would have thought abs were uh, so complicated? It's not. But it's not the funniest part uh, in your body to work because it's also, by definition, uh, people look at their stomach and they look at their belly or not. And it's not um, a very, to me, a driven force, you know, to, to work out. I don't go to the gym to work out my abs. I go to the gym to feel good and to push myself, but I don't have a, uh, I don't look at my stomach and, uh, and think about it. I look ahead, basically. Great. And in the episodes ahead, we'll be looking at other exercises for other parts of the body, apart from Julian's abs. Today's show is brought to you by the Blue 20 Salon. Interested in professional hairstyling, grooming, or expert beauty treatments for both men and women in the heart of Covent Garden Piazza? Then check out Blue 20 which is also offering a 20% discount for all new clients on their first booking. Find out more at ianelder.co.uk or telephone 07958 to make an appointment with the Blue 20 Salon. As anyone who works out in the gym knows, it's only a matter of time before injury is experienced and the question becomes, how do I best recover? Followed pretty quickly by, how do I avoid this ever happening again? To find out, this month, I spent some time with the injury specialist, fit to function, to discover the answer to both of these questions. And did you get to see their uh, rather fantastic lasers? Yeah, it was quite amazing. Okay, let's uh, find out some more and prepare to be amazed. Hi guys, welcome to Jubilol. I'm here to introduce you to Claudio and Lewis, who run the company fit to function And here is my first question. What do you do? We are a specialised injury clinic in Covent Garden based within Jubilee Hall. We use the latest technology, which is one of the best in the world that you can have for treating sports injuries, chronic injuries, acute injuries, or any short and long-term injuries, early stages or late stages of rehab as well. Yeah, and it isn't just injuries that we can treat. If someone just wants to keep their body tuned up and nice and healthy, when they're working out, the treatment can also be used that just to sort of optimise things really. Why is your treatment better than traditional methods? The treatment's very, very safe um, because we can customise the amount of pressure and power that we use. So if someone's got a higher pain tolerance, we can bring up the amount of power that we use. And also the treatment gets very, very deep. Sometimes with your hands, it's hard to actually get into areas. So we can use those tools to actually get into someone's spine, for instance, or target their disc and get them, get them healing. There's also, with the laser, it's a non-invasive therapy. So um, in some injuries uh, which you can have like a fracture or something like that, it doesn't require force, you can't treat it. Uh, so with the laser we can go over it and we can make sure that the person will heal better without having any pain. Is uh, the treatment safe? The treatment is probably the most safe treatment you can have. Um, sometimes if you're doing hands-on treatments, you don't know how much force you're actually putting down. So um, this week we can measure everything. We can then take notes on it so that we've got a full history of how much force we're using, what we've done on each um, treatment session. And that just means that the whole treatment is very, very safe. 
What is your success rate? Our success rate right now is over 90% uh, while treating short-term and long-term injuries and we are getting the results in a lot shorter time than people would if they would go for the traditional treatments. How long do uh, treatments last? The average treatment would last somewhere between 30 and 40 minutes. We like to spend enough time with someone to actually make sure that we properly go over what their injury is, get some feedback from them about how their last treatment session went, how they've been feeling, and that way you can then build up a bond with the patient. That's much better than just coming in, having like a 10 minute treatment, and then you're gone. This way we can build up that bond, and then the treatment sessions will be done either in here or either in the gym as well on more of like a rehab place. With the gym, we use it more for like corrective care. Uh, we don't go too much into strengthening, should I say, but we go into corrective care. So if you look at someone's body, you see the imbalances and you strengthen them. We look specifically at rehab rather than what you do, which is personal training. What type of injury do you treat? It is quite varied, but I would say previously it was probably back injuries. But since we've come into the gym here, um, there's probably been a lot more joint issues, so like knees and shoulders, probably down to the, the type of training that everyone's doing as well. Normally everyone focuses on like building their chest or their shoulder muscles, um, and that puts a lot of stress through those joints. So yeah, they're probably the main ones that we've seen recently. And it doesn't have to be something which has happened on a short-term scale, so it could be something which someone's had for five six months and they've been training through it but it's now reached a point where they need to have treatment because it's stopping them training or it's waking them up for my personal training experience i would say like i don't know what if you if you agree but i think people generally tend to lift too much you know mm -hmm. and yeah. of course when you come to shoulders area mm -hmm. damage can i agree yeah. they tend to lift too much and they tend to forget about the smaller stabilizing muscle groups yeah. which are very important and so when you work in one plane of movement, you don't really tend to work like the glute medius, for example, mm -hmm. uh, the rotator cuffs, which requires you to do rotation. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, um, I don't see it enough of that from people that are very big in the gym yeah. and they're the people that tend to have big yeah. injuries. And I think on that point as well, it's key that when they're first learning that they do it with a very low weight and they focus on the form and technique and then slowly build that up because if you build that strong foundation and your body gets used to doing it how it should be done then when you then move up the weights it's then a lot easier because you've got that basic form there to then build on yeah, and that's what i've seen you do in the gym with a lot of your clients you do a light weight to begin with yeah. and then you build up as you go yeah, yeah. along which is really good yeah it's uh basically it's uh yeah it's also a way to build up confidence you know yeah and then when you're confident you're likely to believe yeah, maybe uh, you know just yeah yeah um, my last question is where can people find out more so we're on every social media platforms so Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube as well. Our website is www.f-2-f.co.uk and you can also phone us on 0207 117 2076. Okay, that's Julian there with the Fit to Function guys talking about everything injury and recovery related. Now, um, as a personal trainer, uh, what are the injuries that you encounter the most uh, with your clients in the course of your work? What are the regular things that people suffer from? It's, it's hard to say because it, I would say it's around uh, major, let's say, joints. So it's shoulders, 
most of the time to answer the question because shoulders uh, can be injured in many ways. And uh, when you do your chest, when you do your back, when you do your shoulder themselves, obviously, uh, when people um, over the year uh, build up their body, but through uh, bad, uh, bad habits on the gym floor, like bad uh, technique, bad posture, then if you add up uh, the stress or your walking style, you know, if you walk on a computer and you, your back is always a bit curved. And, so all that um, lead to injury. It's a bit nasty because some, it's not injury does not happen straight away. It takes few weeks, few weeks, few years, few months to basically feel the pain. And when you got the pain, it's a bit too late and you need to really reset your body uh, differently. Um, so I would say shoulders. Some people come with some uh, lower back pain. It's more like postural issue at work. And uh, some others come from, you know, knee injury. Um, they fall somewhere on bike, in a stairs, uh, something like that. But it's not really the most common one. It's shoulders, mainly. Yeah, I kind of uh, empathize with that, really. Uh, I've dislocated my right shoulder, I think, five times uh, now. My left shoulder once over the years. Uh, I did that quite a lot when I was kickboxing, funnily enough. Uh, I think those two uh, things there might be related in some way. Uh, and what do you do when you exercise? Uh, what are the rules you follow to avoid injury? And if you do get an injury, which is like a stress injury, for example, what do you do? What's your golden rule for recovering effectively? Well, um, I'm sure any uh, physiotherapist will tell you the same, but the golden rule, one of the first is rest. Let the body rest after an injury. Uh, massage sometimes won't help, but the golden rule is rest. Then get back into it, walk out the weak park with light weight. So that's something important to retain, light weight. And if you had injury a lot when you train, it just means probably it's too heavy, the technique is not right, so you have to rethink the way you train, okay? Uh, it's okay to feel sore, it's okay to be tired after training, it is not okay to be injured after training. This is not uh, a normal thing. Um, I've been training eight, nine years. I have no injury. I had injury in playing rugby because obviously you hit other guys, you got tackle. It's a, it's a kind of violent sport. Exercising is, it should be done to optimize, maximize, and protect your body, really, not to injure your body. Otherwise, what's the point of training? And what about um, painkillers and gels where uh, you see guys popping uh, paracetamol or rubbing? Uh, the gels on their muscles or their sore joints. Do you think that's a good idea in the short term or the long term or just a complete waste of time and just really a way to avoid taking time off to recover? Well, the rest usually is the best answer. You can have some painkillers, but the problem is if you start to get to use them regularly, it's not a good idea because they always have an impact on the liver or on some other organ. And uh, it's just don't get used to medication. This is not the answer. It can help on, on a short term, but on the long terms, the idea is to not get injured and, and rest sometime. I think over the year, people never let it go. They keep training, training sometime, a little walk, a little swim. Um, you go to the cinema, go to the park, let your body quiet. Sometimes your body just needs to recover. And about the cream, um, yeah, I find again, like the rest, very simple things. The cream are nice and uh, it, it does help, uh, especially the, the, the kind of cream like uh, 
warm up the area, you know. But I will say, go home, put some ice. And that's my, um, I, I like this kind of thing because you are at rest. The ice is on, the, on your knee, on your shoulders, in the area affected. And I, I think it's, it's easy to, easy things to do. It's nice. And yeah, you know, I prefer that above the, uh, any other cream, really. And to find out more about uh, recovering from injury and also how to avoid getting injured in the first place, check out the Fit to Function guys at the Jubilee Hall gym in Covent Garden. And if you ask them nicely enough, they might even also show you their lasers. So in supplement of the month, we take a look at those supplements that guys can take when they go to the gym and we check out to see if any of them are any good. And last month, I was uh, the test subject for the podcast when I took soya protein for a month. Um, Do you want to hear how I got on, Julian? Yes, please, Alan, tell me. Okay, well, soya protein is protein that's isolated from soya bean, and it's sold by a whole range of companies. It's essentially the same product when you buy it, and it comes, if you take it the way I did, in the form of a white powder, which you mix up with uh, water, which is what I did. You can mix it up also with um, fruit juice, apparently, though I think that sounds pretty disgusting, uh, or milk or whatever, but I went with water. And uh, can you guess, uh, five second hypothetical Julian, can you guess what it tasted like? That's right. It tasted of absolutely nothing, which is a good thing. I got the unsweetened, unflavored uh, soya protein product. Um, I'm not really a huge fan of protein powders that come with artificial flavors like strawberry or chocolate because they just taste of sugar, in my opinion. So it doesn't taste of anything. So I took it with the shaker uh, when I went to the gym. So I was shaking up my little soya protein cocktails and chugging it back, which I've been doing for a month now. And I can tell you uh, pretty confidently that after a workout, it does kill your appetite and give you a certain amount of energy and uplift. You know, look at my physical form, Julian. Can you see how much it's changed in a month and how much more lean muscle I'm carrying? Well, no. But yes, as a supplement, uh, I found it pretty effective, actually, in terms of giving you an energy boost and, you know, helping you recover and build on your workout. Uh, I was actually, uh, surprisingly, something of a fan. And as for the um, rumours that we touched upon in the last episode about uh, the urban myth that it increases the level of oestrogen or estrogen, however you say it, in the body, all I can say is I don't feel any more feminine than I did last month. Uh, And in fact, I would say I'm the epitome of masculinity. So um, yeah, soy protein, if you take it without any of the sweeteners and so on, I I think it's good. The other thing about it, I would say actually, is uh, my experience of uh, protein powders in the past is that they tend to make me feel, and I'm going to put this as delicately as I can, a little bit gassy, really. Uh, Whereas funnily enough, with soy protein, didn't have that problem at all. So there you go. That was my experience of soy protein in supplement of the month. Are you um, a big fan of protein powders and shakers, Julian? Is that something which uh, can be found uh, lurking in the back or indeed the front of uh, your locker? No, I'm not this type of guy. I I used to have some protein shake when back when I was in France, maybe like 10 years ago. Uh, essentially because I was running between two courses at the university. And then I went to the gym to exercise and back to the course. And instead of having a sandwich, I thought it would be easier to have a protein shake. 
since then it never crossed my mind to to have a protein shake i don't know why uh maybe i think it's it looks like it's not natural also i um i keep in mind this article i saw in a not this article this paragraph about supplement i read in a in this book called uh, food rules from michael pollan it's a bit seller in uh, in america and it just it say basically about supplement uh acts like somebody who would uh, buy and consume protein shake so basically in a way be healthily conscious and basically then don't buy it and save your money because it's quite expensive as well you know like uh, if you if you have a protein shake every day it's about like between two to four pounds so it's not you know it's money so it's not bad it's not good i just think it's unnecessary but that's my opinion yeah there is a financial uh, dimension and obviously if you see the big um packs of protein shake Uh, sometimes stacked up at the supermarkets or in the whole food shops or whatever you know you're looking at between 13 to 26 30 45 pounds depending on how much you buy so that's not to be uh, sniffed at if i can uh, use that phrase uh, in the context okay so julian you are going to be our laboratory rat for this month and are you a big fan by any chance of isotonic drinks i never tried alan and uh but i'm quite of um willing to to try to do so you know so yeah why not let's do let's try and uh and see what uh, it's going to do to me now typically isotonic sports drinks um are advertised as helping athletes to replace water electrolytes and energy uh, either before during or after training um which is supposed to help people training to have a good workout and to have the energy they need to get to the end isotonic drinks can also be quite expensive actually if you use a lot of them over a period of time and a little bit kind of like well uh, a little bit yucky really but you can you can make your own did you know that Julian you can actually make your own isotonic drinks no how does it work it's funny you should ask and it's actually quite simple to make a, a the same kind of drink that uh, performs the role of a branded isotonic drink you only need three ingredients and those ingredients are water fun enough obviously uh, a pinch of salt and some cordial which is like um the fruit squash that you buy at a supermarket you add those three ingredients together it really is as simple as that uh the sweetener the salt the water and it will do exactly the same thing as an isotonic drink uh, for a fraction of the price and is that something that has uh, surprised you Julian living in this branded sports merchandising world. Yeah, it surprised me because usually it's all about brand and business uh in fitness, but it is a kind of a very natural since and uh, also clever way to make your own drink and in spending not too much money. And you know, it's uh, it's about your well-being. So yeah, I think it's a uh, it's uh, spot on. So for the next month you're going to be doing that and I think you might also be doing a little video showing you making up the uh drink uh before you take it off to the gym uh which i think uh rather inevitably will put up on the website or on the social media at uh, some point and you'll also be able to let us know how you get on with your homemade isotonic drink in the next episode yes i will surely do and uh, the video obviously i'm looking forward to do it good man So every month on Two Guys on Fitness we take questions from listeners to the podcast 
and do our very best to answer the questions that the guys send us. And we love this part of the show, do we not, Mr. Bertharat? Yes, it's good to read you guys and to be able to help you. Because uh, help is uh, our middle name here, it's sort of our collective middle name. Now, okay, let's have a look at the first, uh, here we go. Uh, the first question, and it is from CA in Brighton, who is 27, and he has emailed us to ask, I find the gym boring and prefer to work outside in the open air. Uh, what is a good sport or regular exercise for me to take part in outside to maintain my fitness? Okay, Julian, I'm going to hand this immediately over to you, though I have a funny feeling uh, I know what a certain part of your answer will be. So CA here, he doesn't like the gym, but he does like to work out in the open air. What are his best options? Well, it is plenty of function. Um, you've got any sport, you know, collective sport, like so rugby, football, uh, any uh, outdoor activity like that. Uh, running club, um, the good thing is running and it's, let's say, um, it's kind of, um, it's a well feeling, you know, when you are outside to run. And um, what you could do next to that, because when you run, obviously, you're kind of burning calorie. And if you run, especially like um, long distance, let's say a 5, 10, 15, 20K, uh, you kind of break down your muscle. So a good things to do after, let's say, 40 minute run is to do some uh, body weight exercise, you know, like some press up on the floor, things you can do. Uh, some pull-ups, you can try to find a branch in a tree somewhere or anything to hang around and uh, it's um, to hang up, it's to engage your upper part, okay? And maybe some air squat, air lunges, stuff like that, you know, I think it's doable and quite enjoyable as well. Uh, other sport like rugby, football, I will be cautious here. Rugby is quite uh, physical, so uh, you know, maybe you need to go to the gym first a little bit to build up. But if you feel like you're confident enough uh, to tackle somebody else and to run after someone, it's cool. But uh, I would say, just to be short and clear, running and bodyweight exercise. That's uh, the best thing you can do when you're outside. I will add swimming too, obviously, because the way you breathe when you swim is different the way when you, when you run. So it's interesting. Plus the external fact that it's in the water, so different environment, interesting for you. Uh, the other common things you can do in London is the rowing, you know, on the Thames. Um, there's a good club, I think, in Putney. And, uh, and then the other thing is the cycling as well. So a mix of all these three, four uh, outdoor activity, some bodyweight exercise, and I think you will be, you will be happy with that. Yeah, I love to row. Rowing's a really great thing, I personally think. Uh, I'm not too keen on running. Uh, I think we've had that <laughs> discussion before. I'm one of those people that absolutely hates to run. What about classes? You see these uh, groups of uh, men and women in parks or whatever being shouted at by guys in combat trousers. Um, classes are good, are they not? You get to socialise a bit and also get to be put through a workout. Are you a fan of class workouts in the open air? For some people, like classes outside, it's great, you know, they can meet other people, it's social. And uh, I think, you know, I can easily understand why people uh, enjoy that. Um, for a long time, I used to go twice a week playing in a train in a rugby, rugby team in London. And I think it's cool, you know, it's great to get outside of the building, uh, go on a pitch somewhere in London and just play or do a class. 
I think it's great. So yeah, definitely I will I will encourage people to do that, to mix what they do about them, about their body, to work out their body, you know, meet people, sweat, be happy, basically. Yeah, I would agree with that. So I hope that's helpful for you, uh, CA, and that um, it does help you to be happy when you work out in the great outdoors uh, and that you uh, enjoy your workout. And uh, what have you got there, Julian? What's next up uh, in terms of questions? Yeah, we got a question here from Matia in Wales. We got in touch through my website. JulianBertherat.com. And for some reason, I feel quite dirty saying that, but you know, whatever, anything that's good for the team. And Matia asks, you talk about healthy eating. From our food episode last month, I think. But how much junk food can you eat on a regular basis, snack and so on, and still maintain a managed diet and exercise program? Well, this is a very good question. I absolutely uh, struggle to answer, Julian, because like a lot of guys who go to the gym, I follow a generally healthy diet and I'm pretty aware of what I need to eat and what I should avoid. But the truth of the matter is every time I go to the supermarket and I'm not proud about saying this in any way, uh, I do find myself uh, being drawn to the uh, chocolate aisle uh, and to various other hidden corners of the supermarket even though I know it's bad for me to go there. So um, how do you avoid that? What do you do? What, you know, what is the balance that realistically can be maintained to have a good workout and to stay on the right dietary path? Well, commonly people let it go about food um, when the weekend come, you know. And it's hard things to do, but if you could change that, so basically you can have during the week your moment where you eat pizza or you go to McDonald's. And uh, because the thing with the weekend is basically uh, people let it go at many levels. You know, people don't work, they're gonna drink, they're gonna eat junk food. It's a bit too much uh, bad habit at once. So I will just like, if you could like change this habit of eating and drinking uh, over the weekend and just like do it during the week, you know, like for the winter, I personally enjoy a nice glass of wine to keep me warm with a nice dinner. Once a week, twice a week, it's nice. But uh, yeah, mixed up your routine in terms of the weekend, you know, let it go moment. Uh, you can have a nice and relaxing weekend. And then like that, when you, when you the Monday arrive, you start your week, like you feel less guilty, you know, you, you had a good weekend. So that's uh, one of my, the part of the answer. And that's easy to say, obviously. But basically, when you go shopping, uh, try to never go shopping. Uh, I mean, shopping in a you know a supermarket. Uh, try to do not go there with empty stomach. So try to choose something, have some nut before, whatever. But do not go there with the empty stomach because you you're likely to buy a lot and then to regret it. Uh, and if you go there with something in your stomach, you will buy maybe more. Uh, wisely, let's say. So uh, that's my advice here. It's more practical advice here, obviously, but um, concerning the exercise program, I will say when you exercise, it's very, uh, eat basically, arrange your, your lunch around or breakfast or brunch or dinner around your workout because it's been proved like after a workout, uh, you're likely to eat less than without basically exercising. So that again will be another answer. 
Okay, uh, Mattia, we hope that's uh, helpful for you. Basically, aim for balance and uh, logical decision making, I guess. And if you do have any questions that you want us to answer uh, on Two Guys on Fitness, then drop us a line via the Two Guys on Fitness website or our social media. Or you can even contact us through the Julian Bertherat website and we'll do our best to answer your questions on the uh, podcast. Will we not, Julian? Absolutely. Always a pleasure to do so. And so we reach the end of another episode. And can you believe we are now four episodes into this podcast season? Hooba booba. Which has been nothing but a pleasure and a joy alongside the occasional injury. I think to each life, some rain must fall. But despite the storms, you have been listening to me, Julien Bertorat, the professional gym guy and personal trainer here at Two Guys on Fitness. And from me, Alan Teresa, the non-professional and always eager gym guy at Two Guys on Fitness. You can find out more about the podcast at julienbertorat.com on Podomatic, Stitcher and TuneIn, as well as on iTunes and on our Facebook, Twitter and Google+. And in the meantime, avoid those injuries as best you can and... Enjoy your Hooba Booba workout. <laughs> silly Billy. You can't say Silly Billy. <laughs> yeah.